where it happened. Two guys were murdered on this spot. Their heads were cut off so cleanly. The tubes, they weren't crushed at all. They're wide open. The one night of the year, Halloween, when you get to indulge your most twisted fantasy. Flaming penis? You got three right here. Don't swallow your hook. Life is meant for living. Ah! Are you buddy or something? Welcome to Definitely First Blood. I'm Mitch. And I'm Christopher. And we're a horror movie podcast. And I'm not going to do the spiel today because I want to give you guys a break. Oh, I like it. Yeah. You want me to do it instead? This beer smells very intensely of root beer. It does. Yeah, it's a very strong smelling beer. And let me tell you about this beer. It is Big Rig Brewery from Canada, Ontario. It is Tales from the Patch Pumpkin Porter. Strong brew, beer, brewed with alcohol and spices. And let me read you a little story on the back. Oh, there's a little story on the back. There's always a little story on the back of these beers. We went to great lengths to bring you this killer autumn treat. Pumpkins were handpicked by our brew team from the depths of the patch. A cornucopia of spice was added to them before roasting. A cornucopia of spice. And then the sweet flesh... Along with creamy milk sugar, went into this chocolate-hued porter. It's like homemade pumpkin pie with whipped cream, but it's better because it's beer. Turn off the lights. This can glows in the dark. I'm turning them off Holy right now. shoot. It, it kind of does. It's still kind of too early for it to be totally dark, but we believe that it glows in the dark. We'll, I guess, see. we'll look at the cans later. I guess the other thing is that um, they were have been in the fridge. <laughs> For a long time yeah. away from the light. I don't really like porters, so I'll be curious to see how this this tastes. I'm hoping it'll be the one that converts me. Okay, it okay. smells no. very strongly. Yeah, you take a drink and I'm gonna open mine. Okay. Okay. Ready? It's extremely strong smelling. It's it's good. Like I don't dislike it. It honestly tastes like root beer. Oh yeah, it's really good. It's like um almost like a starbucks drink yeah sort of yeah 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 it's not bad i'm gonna give this one like a <laughs> for drinkability alone probably like a nine out of ten just based uh, on that first swig i don't know i'll have to have a couple more drinks before i give mine but it's so far it's the best dark beer i've ever had well hey that's saying something right I know. it's saying that it's the best dark beer you've ever had that it is. It's the thing you're saying. <laughs> it is Canadian Thanksgiving. It is Canadian. How could I forget? We and we bought the turkey yesterday. I'm excited because I'm going to wait. I've been waiting until after Thanksgiving to fully decorate for Halloween. Because mm. I feel like that's a good 
I don't know. I guess maybe it's weirder for people in the in the states since their Thanksgiving is next month. Yeah, in November. Yeah, around football like the twenty fourth ish. I think it normally is. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They're both celebrations of the harvest, but in different ways <laughs> and with different cultural meanings. I don't have time to get into it now. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I want to put all of the Halloween stuff up. Can I put up one of my uh, handprint turkey? turkeys yeah of course take it off the fridge and put it on the wall and then we talked about like maybe uh cozying up our our balcony mm. making it sort of like a halloween porch yeah a spooky oasis yeah with like scary uh oasis <laughs> a boo oasis oh i like both of them okay good uh we're gonna capture a ghost and keep it on there Zombie, maybe, witches, any of the Halloween uh, symbols, I guess. Hopefully we can get the ghost of a zombie of a witch. I think Ryan Murphy's already got that covered, though. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's true. And he did invent the horror comedy. He did invent the horror comedy. Let's not forget, folks. Let's (laughs) not forget. Jesus Christ. And I know I keep doing this every week, but I'm going to keep doing it until it's done. Where This will be on Friday, which will make it officially... Two weeks until the new Halloween movie comes out, and I am stoked. Yeah. I still really want to see a Hellfest, but I have a feeling like it's going to get pulled from theaters before I get to to watch it. Well, hopefully when it does get pulled from theaters, it gets pulled into our home box office. Oh, and it then would be, it would be great hearts. if it was released on VOD or something, yeah. but normally that doesn't happen until a couple months later, which is the unfortunate thing. You're trying to punish us. But we'll see. Maybe we can go see it. For not buying overpriced popcorn. Yeah. Delicious popcorn. Well, we have though. so many gift cards That's at true. this point for the the theater that we don't have to pay for another movie for quite some time. Yeah. For the listeners at home, I just want to make sure they're all aware. We have a magical eraser on the end of a pencil. And when we tap it down, it produces a gift card yeah. to the movies. Yeah. So that's how we do it. What? <laughs> Nothing. It's good. I don't get the reference. Oh, it's fair. Like, honestly, I was cribbing it from an intentionally obscure reference so oh, that okay. I wouldn't be accused of plagiarism. But it's from The Room, which is, uh, or The Missing Room, which is this short-lived TV show limited series where a hotel room vanished from existence and all the items inside of it were scattered across the globe and they each held some sort of power. So oh. there was like a there was like a, a pencil. Like Friday the thirteenth the series. Yeah, there's like a pencil and you would tap the eraser and it produces one American penny. So like the guy who had it got rich doing it, but he also drove himself insane because <laughs> he had to be doing it. He couldn't like make a machine that did it really fast or anything. Yeah. And there were like other ones like a something that like stopped time temporarily. Something uh, a wristwatch that would boil an egg perfectly if Whoa. you put it in the in the watch like it was wearing the watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> not really. It doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Yeah. No. But I I, I enjoy the reference. It I guess good. now that yeah. you've explained it to yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Like, uh, oh, follow up to something we've talked about before. I guess um, that the Friday the Thirteenth lawsuit is seemingly over maybe oh thank god the wheels of justice move slowly yeah it seems like it went 
just as annoyingly of a way as uh, I would have imagined it would have went. Man, thank God. Can you imagine if it didn't? Yeah. So, like, Victor Miller Mm -hmm. technically won, I guess, but it's very explicit in saying, like, it, it's only in regards to the first movie, like the script in the first movie. So like Jason's the Jason not stuff is not it, yeah. affected at all. And other than like that source material, pretty much everything is fucking fair game Sweet. going forward. So maybe they'll make another Friday the 13th movie. I really don't know. I hope they do. Hopefully this like Halloween is sort of an impetus mm-hmm. for them to do something like that. But I don't know. Well, I feel like it's easier to do a Friday the 13th movie than it is to do a Halloween movie as well. Like, even the remake, I'm a huge fan of the remake. It's good. I didn't it wasn't it like produced by Michael Bay or something. Yeah, it's a Platinum Dune. Per- why doesn't Michael Bay do more movies <laughs> like that? Because his, it's like the perfect entertainment, just entertainment. Yeah, like it's so lots good. Lots of people didn't like it. I really like it um, too. I like it. I I try I don't think of it as a remake really I try and look at it as a sequel, mm-hmm. and I mean like Jason living underground is just as forgivable as a girl with telekinesis. So or going into space or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I pretend those ones didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Telekinesis. Telekinesis. But yeah. So I guess we can just jump right into the movie. Hellbent. Hellbent. 2004. This is a here film slash sneak preview production. It's written and directed by Paul Etheridge, Mm -hmm. or at this time he was uh, Paul Etheridge Outs. Mm -hmm. Stars Dylan Fergus, Brian Kirkwood, Hank Harris, Andrew Levitas, and Luke Weaver. Do these people still work? Uh, Kind of. Hank Harris, I think, is the one who works most steadily. He plays Joey. Like, he's... Oh, wow. He was on Once Upon a Time. Um, Good job, dude. But, yeah. Uh, And then Andrew Levitas, he's a sculptor. So, that's what he does. Man. Yeah. Acting and sculpting. Acting and sculpting. That's amazing. (laughs) So, the movie begins with Mm. a guy... I think we learn later that his name is Mike. Yes. And he's frolicking in the woods with balloons. So many balloons. Big orange and blue balloons. And then his... Inexplicable balloons. Friend, boyfriend, hookup. Gheorghe. Surprises him, and they go back to the car where we get three fetishes in one. We've got balloons, Mm -hmm. tickling, and feet. It could also be like fucking in a car. Yeah, I guess I so. I guess, like, cre- I don't know. I feel in like the, the car thing is definitely more of... This movie is, it's pretty by the books, but I really appreciate that. Like, it's pretty yeah. standard opening scene, right? Like, Very true. Couple in a car, on lover's lane. Doesn't try to venture too far from that. And they yeah. get killed. Which is exactly what happens. So George, who is Mike's hookup, mm-hmm. starts massaging his foot. And so Mike leans out. He takes his shirt off first. Yeah. And then he gets half out the window and is like hanging there with his head back, like loving yeah. this foot massage. <laughs> oh, if you like this so much, wait till you see what else I got for you. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so while he has his eyes closed and he's 
experiencing bliss even better but his eyes are open and he's looking up at the full moon and he's saying wow oh yeah true it's terrible and then (laughs) the killer the devil comes along and uh grabs him by the head Mm -hmm. and he does that like shocked eyes and then insides his foot kicks the window and smashes it holy shit you really are ticklish if you thought that was good wait till you see what i got for you so he starts crawling crawling up him only to find there's no head he's been decapitated a bloody stump very nice effects yeah this oh, movie certainly. has good effects. I'll Lots give of it blood. that too. Always good. Actually, I I don't know why I'm like already being like. Rah, rah, rah. I like this movie. It's I, fine. Yeah. I, whatever. Like I like the I like the slasher element of it. The the gay part of it is a little bit. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Anyways, <laughs> the killer smashes the window, mm-hmm. and then it's like a smash cut to the, the credits, which is punk music flames grunt grunge font grunge font it's like broken up it's a really of the period credit definitely for sure (laughs) yeah and after that we meet our main character for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. eddie and he's in a police station he's looking through the mug shots trying to find a date early 2000s computer because he's into rough trade oh as we learn later yeah well yeah That's and true. like he's printing all of these headshots out yeah these mug shots and then his sister comes in and she's like oh trying to find a date yeah gonna and go to like, the bathroom no. and jerk off afterwards <laughs> you uh planning on some personal time in the uh, bathroom later no problem which is like this is a pretty aggro move to make especially at work when you work at the police station he doesn't work there he's visiting his sister interesting yeah because he talks about that he was going to be a police officer but then he had a a physical issue well i i thought like he didn't become a police officer but he became the guy who like fixed their computers Oh, because because they're like, oh, you got that printer working now. Oh, gotcha. I thought he was just like in there with his sister, because the sergeant like calls him. Yeah, in. then the sergeant like yeah. calls him in. And well, his like... sister shows him the the crime scene oh. photos from our opening kills, <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, look at these dead fruits!" Yeah, <laughs> like literally, like they're both yucking it up over these slaughtered dudes. Basically. And then when the sergeant calls him in, the sergeant is like. You heard about the murders of the homosexuals? Yeah, the homosexuals. <laughs> uh, so the sergeant... And then like, he asks, which is honestly a common problem gay people deal with. Mm-hmm. You didn't know them, did you? Because they everyone's related. <laughs> and uh, the sergeant's like, okay, well, I'm going to need you to... Or is it okay if you distribute these flyers about it in WeHo, like West Hollywood? Yeah, and Eddie's like... Uh, can I wear my dad's uniform? It is Halloween after all. And the sergeant is like, like, yeah. Which is a strange thing to ask. Yeah. Strange thing to do in the first place, really. <laughs> and also extremely illegal. Well, yeah, definitely. But he doesn't have a real badge or anything. That's and it true. is Halloween. So I don't know if you would get arrested on Halloween for impersonating an officer. I guess not. Probably. Like realistically, no. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so he's, like, out on the town. 
He's helping drag queens cross oh, the yeah. street in broad daylight. Yeah, he stops traffic for the drag queens. My favorite part was that when he was getting ready, he has like a, a Rubbermaid father where it's like literally everything about his father cop-wise in a Rubbermaid, including framed photo of his father, oh. <laughs> loose handgun, loose bullets, the the like his belt his whole uniform yeah. <laughs> it was just like really bizarre that it's all in one rubbermaid i don't know you got to put it somewhere i guess i guess <laughs> i guess I, i'm gonna start doing that frame photo of the dogs with the, their toys yeah in the box so he's he's helping people out on the street he's mm-hmm. like uh living it up pretending to be this uh police officer distributing these posters and there's a lot of drag queens in total broad daylight which if RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race is to be believed is not ideal. Day drag. Yeah, I think Willem says something like uh, long bang, heavy powder, eyes down, don't spook, or ooh, something ooh, like that. Because like oh, like, they had to go to the thrift store in there, or one of them. Uh, well, he doesn't say that in the show. Oh, okay. It's like something he says outside of the show. Makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't blame them. I bet they have to deal with a bunch of shit all the time. But after all of this helping is done, he helps himself to some eye candy outside of the Devil Dolls Studio Tattoo Shop. Spots a a bad boy type. Mm -hmm. Smoking, and he's shirtless, and he's outside a tattoo parlor. That's that's like a three three strikes. (laughs) You're bad. He goes inside. He gets called in by the tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. So then he goes across the street. And follows the guy in to ask if they mind if he puts like the the posters up in their shop. Yeah, and the the owner of the store the, was like, "Do whatever you want, including creep on my customers." Yeah. So while he's there doing that, he like is totally scoping out. His name is Jake, the mm-hmm. eye candy from. Uh, I think he was in Never Been Kissed, but it, it might be his twin brother. I'm wow. I'm unsure. That's I, one of them was in Never Been Kissed. They were like the cool guy who says Rufus. 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 But it, uh, anyway, <laughs> not important in this movie at all because he's looking at him as blood drips down his back yeah. as he's getting these tattoos. Sexy blood drip down into his tramp stamp right above. Yeah. <laughs> like... And then he catches eyes with him in the mirror because yeah. Jake knows that he's staring at him. And... Uh, naturally, Eddie immediately drops all of his papers, knocks over a magazine rack, and hurriedly gathers it all and runs away. Yeah. Yeah, as you do. And he spends a bunch of time trying to get a tin can into the garbage can in the parking lot while he's waiting for uh, Jake to come out of the tattoo parlor. Mm-hmm. And then there's a very awkward interaction between the two of them. Very awkward. Jake's, I guess we know he's a really cool guy because he smokes. He can he can dunk that piece of paper yeah. that he gets given. He rides a motorcycle. And he rides a motorcycle. Uh, and uh, Eddie's like talking about the, the murders and he's like, oh, I can't tell you anything about it, but they were decapitated. Uh, two guys got murdered last night. Yeah, I was uh, just reading that. How'd he kill him? Uh, we're not releasing that information. <laughs> it could jeopardize with the case if details got out. So you guys are uh, close to catching him then? That uh, keeps it lively. Nah, I wouldn't worry about it. Those cigarettes will kill you first. 
counting on it. Well, I hope you uh, catch your man, officer. The killer cut off their heads. He, he cut off their heads and he took them. I think this blew your investigation. He's like using it to be flirtatious, to be like, I'm telling you this to get on your side. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like he's trying to impress him. Well, yeah, of course he is. That's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to pick this guy up. I know, but like in a very like desperate. Yeah. That's the <laughs> that's character though. That's true. Jake drives off loudly in his motorcycle and Eddie heads to where he's meeting his roommates for I assume dinner. Or maybe they're just going there to meet Joey because he's the waiter. But oh, yeah. as he gets to this restaurant cafe, uh, he comes across this Land Rover that's rocking in the parking space right outside. So he taps on the window. Yeah. So initially, mm-hmm. they the people in the van think that it's a cop. Mm-hmm. So this girl sticks her head out. And she's like, I'm 18. I swear I can prove it. Relax. He's no cop. He's my roommate. Not what you want to hear. Yeah. And then out rolls Eddie's friend, Chaz, and... Uh, there's a boy in there too with oh, them because shit. Chaz is the bisexual friend and he's definitely like the, the slut trope. You gotta have one bisexual friend. Yeah. He, so this is where things get, I, there was one thing here that didn't really add up mm-hmm. and it was because when she like first sees him, she's like, Oh, I, I can, I'm 18. I swear. And then when oh, yeah, I agree. Eddie asks Chaz about it. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's a couple from Sacramento. Yeah, something like that, and which I didn't got, really make sense. I got tired of waiting for you, so I decided... They were in the diner, yeah, yeah so... decided to fuck them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So they go inside, and we meet our next character, Joey. And he's the waiter, and he's, like, hurriedly getting ready. I don't know what he's doing. I don't really remember. He's, he says he's finishing up his shift. Oh, yeah. And uh, so they decide to take a booth, and there's, like, a back and forth between Eddie and Chaz. Chaz is, like, crawling on the table being like, kiss me, kiss me, like, to Eddie. Yeah, because he's got two ecstasy uh, pills, and he would give one to Eddie, but only if he kisses him. I didn't catch that. That's bad. Anyways, the owner of the establishment doesn't like that they're goofing off without ordering anything, so... He orders pie, Chaz orders pie, and may I just say, notice this, that pie never gets eaten. Ever. That's prop pie. Yeah, but it's a waste of pie, (laughs) and I'm upset about it. And then, all of the attention turns to the door, because in walks a drag queen, and all eyes are on her. Mm -hmm. She walks over to their booth, and we learn that it's Toby. Oh, Toby. Their friend, who is a sex symbol, he's a model. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the year, he he knows that he's hot shit. I'm a sex symbol every day of the year. I think a good girl deserves a night off, don't you? Still look good to me, baby. Thanks, Chaz, but she'll eat anything. And he's taking a lot of pictures of himself. It's like a proto-Instagrammer, basically. And he says that he just booked a billboard or something. Mm -hmm. Eddie goes to check on Joey because he's taking a while. So when he goes back there, first, Joey doesn't really want him to come in Mm -hmm. there. But then he comes out and he's like, I'm stuck because he's putting on all of this fetish BDSM leather gear. He's wearing jeans as well. Well, he's not wearing jeans initially. Oh. That's how he got stuck. And then when it cuts to Eddie helping him, like, into the gear, mm-hmm. 
they're putting the um like the leather jock over over the, the jeans. jeans yeah and joey's like oh you you think the the jeans are okay and he's like yeah trust me <laughs> so and yeah joey says that he borrowed this outfit from chaz yeah weird to be changing just in the in the kitchen of the restaurant where but he what, works but whatever whatever the owner seems totally chill with basically anything. People can walk in the back, dance on the tables. It's all cool. Anything goes. And there's a classic slasher movie sharpening the weapon scene as we mm. see our devil-masked killer sharpening his sickle. Yeah. He's like a... It's a, And it's a pure communist sickle as, as well. Like, I've never seen yeah, one. It's like a hand size. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. I've always seen, like, the big ones. <laughs> All the all the hundreds of sides that I've seen. <laughs> Our cast of characters mm-hmm. have all gotten together now, and I guess it's night. They leave the diner and start driving towards the crime scene. And this is another thing that didn't really make sense because Chaz is really the impetus behind this trip. Oh yeah, and he didn't even know about these murders until Eddie told him at the diner. And he's like, "Woohoo!" Like they're all jazz to be. Well, yeah, it, it's, again, another very big slasher trope, right? Like, we, we have to get the mythology behind yeah. it. There's, like, a telling of the story. They're being very flippant towards yeah. this crime scene. They, like, walk over the tape. They're just, they're peeing on it. We're here. Are you kidding me? You can't park any closer than this? Why are we here? Eddie knows why we're here. This is where it happened. Less than 18 hours ago, two gay guys were murdered on this spot. Unreal. And you're going to make us walk all the way through the woods to go to the carnival just because a couple of queens got killed here? It's Halloween. Yeah, I don't care. That's a two-block hike. Uh, wuss. Yeah, I don't see you wearing heels. You know, I, uh, I saw the crime scene photos. No way. Shut up. But they look like mm, two guys just like us, you know, 23, 22. Yeah, were they hot? I don't know. They didn't have their heads. One of the guys who was, he was hanging outside the door, there was blood dripping all over the handle. The other guy, I guess he thought he'd be safe underneath the car, so he curled up into a little ball behind the tire. When the coroner pulled him out, he had to break his fingers to be able to get him off the axle. Oh, that's kind of sweet, though. Yeah. Uh, whoever did it must have been really strong because their heads were cut off so cleanly that none of the tubes, the veins, the arteries, the windpipe, they weren't crushed at all. They were wide open. Uh, speaking of air, can I crack a fucking window? Eddie used up all the goddamn oxygen. Nice story, Eddie. <laughs> what makes people kill like that? Probably some 40-year-old gay guy that just came out of the closet. He's probably jealous of all the nice, hot guys like us walking around. Shit, I mean, think about it. Wouldn't you want to kill us? <laughs> no, nah. we're fucking fabulous. No. It's got to be about his mother. It always is. Okay, the real motive doesn't matter, because we're never going to find out what it is anyway. Because if there's one thing I'm sure of, it's that guy got on a train and took it back to Louisiana or Oklahoma or whatever backwater swamp his ass was spawned in, he didn't stick around. There's a lot of really weird um, social commentary here as well in that, like, um, Toby is... A lot of the dialogue almost seems like 
it's written from a subtweeting point of view. Like that Paul Etheridge is like subtweeting young gays oh, at the definitely. time. Because Toby's like, oh, it's probably some 40-year-old gay who just came out of the closet. And then he like talks about how hot all of them are. Mm-hmm. And they were just, the killer was probably just jealous. They couldn't get with a hot person like them. Definitely. That's and, why people kill. <laughs> and then Joey spooks Toby by like reaching his hand out of the window, and, the back window. And like and, around. Yeah. Yeah. Scares the shit out of everyone. <laughs> it's great. And then they all get out of the car and they go into the woods of this cruising spot to go pee. Yeah. And you better believe that they show the extended pee takes. Yes. And I wrote that down as well. Extended pee takes. It's because they're fetish collecting. They're trying to make it uh, appeal to as many minorities within the minorities as possible. Maybe they. Maybe it was like a... Like, it'll be really funny if we cram all this in here as well. I don't know. <laughs> Eddie bizarre. thinks he hears something in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then they all get together except for Joey, who who's still, he can't pee when he's around people. Fair enough. They're like, no, 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 come. We see someone behind you. So then he finally joins the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And then we see the man with the devil mask oh, emerge shit. from the forest in the fog. And they do the stereotypical dumb slasher victim shit where they start taunting him oh for some reason. Oh my god, I hated it. And they're... then they see his hot bod and they're like, whoa, look, he's jerking it. Oh, maybe we thought you were creepy, but now maybe we'll instead. But it, he's not jerking it. He's exposing his big knife instead. Yeah, but even when he pulls the knife out, Chaz is like, he's got a fucking knife, the kinky bastard. You are deranged, sir, and I love it. Was that all you got? Give us some more. As your knife serrated, huh? You're making me hot, Big Daddy. You guys are sick. (laughs) You want to see some? Come on, big boy. You want to play? Let's play. And it's like, you guys know someone literally just died here. Yeah, I wrote, they're loving the knife. (laughs) So they all decide to moon him? Why? I I don't know. Was this a thing in your high school? People didn't do it in my high school ever. I don't know. And Eddie, being our final girl, is ever reluctant during all of this. So while they're turned around to moon moon him, yeah. then he disappears. Ooh. So Chaz yells out to taunt him again, like, He snubbed us? Are you kidding me? Four perfect young naked asses? Who walks away from that? Oh, you don't want four... Beautiful, perfect asses, or something like yeah, that. And how then, dare you? Wow, he pops out of the the woods and boo. So and they run away. Seemingly run straight to WeHo, the WeHo Halloween Carnival, to be precise, which is legendary, Apparently. allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so everyone's there. They've shut off the street. It's a giant balls to the wall party. Yeah, there's like a lot of shots of them jazzing around mm-hmm. all of the the patrons and, and oh jinx you owe me a soda i do i'm sorry i'll get you one so as they're walking around uh eddie notices that they're being followed by the devil masked guy from behind whoa that's mildly interesting to them apparently <laughs> and so they really mostly just ignore him yeah and then uh He's gone when Eddie looks back Mm -hmm. in a very Michael Myers fashion. And somehow Toby ends up separated from the group 
and he and the devil guy sort of make eyes at each other from across a mm-hmm. fence. And then Toby rejoins the rest of the crew. Yeah. Uh, they are going through their like loot bags that they got when they came into the carnival. Yeah. Their sex, well, no, not sex toy, lube and condom bags. And Toby's like, what? No CDs? No glow sticks? <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> Toby wants a drink. So they go to one of the plethora of bars. Yeah. And while they're there, two firefighters try picking up Eddie. They're like, oh, you in a fraternization mode? Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't go for it. Yeah. He's Chaz, a dork. Chaz pretends to be his boyfriend. Yeah. Which I thought was cute. It was cute. Chaz, there's a couple times in the movie where Chaz was a really good friend because he does the same thing for Joey later. Yeah, and he tries, well, he tries to stay with them. He yeah. does try to be a good friend. And he tries to encourage them to like seek out their love interests. You know, that's that's a really good point. I didn't think he was as fleshed out as that. No. Interesting. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Uh, anyways, across the way from the bar that they're at, there's another bar, a leather bar called... Oh, wait, you forgot. What? What did I forget? One of the most important things of them being at that first bar. Oh, the music? No, the drinks that they order. Three flaming penises. You know, normal drink. You got three flaming, three of those right here. (laughs) There's, uh, music at this club too that I forgot. It's that one that's like, oh, daddy, (laughs) <laughs> like classic terrible custom slasher music yeah it's really bad in this movie well maybe it's not really bad it's very of its age across the street eddie sees his rough trade crush from earlier jake and he's going into the nearby leather bar the meat locker meat. <laughs> so gross uh, and all of eddie's friends are teasing him as he looks across the way at him and sucking a lollipop. Yeah, they, they try and talk him up to go talk to Jake, mm-hmm. but he's too shy. And Chaz is like, oh, I'm going to have to go with him to make sure he does it. Yeah, so they all go into the bar and it's like a classic fetish bar. There's yeah. people on like tied up to shit and hanging from shit. And including my favorite uh, guy tied to Big X being menaced by full-size pitchfork. Nice. Yeah, like a garden implement. When they're in there, Eddie finds Jake finally mm-hmm. and tries flirting with him, but Jake isn't really interested until Eddie says that he shoots guns. Hey, I'm Eddie. Eddie, what do you want? I'd like to know your name. I bet you would, all right? Look, do I have a stalker? Because I know you're definitely not a real cop. You know, it's Halloween. My handcuffs are real. Huh. Right on. Well, unfortunately, I have no gun. No, I left it at home. So you do shoot then? Yeah, I, I do. A little. I, <laughs> I used to shoot because... Uh, because I wanted to be a cop, but uh, I didn't. I didn't pass the physical. Oh, no, I, I hurt my eye. Your eye looks fine. Well, it's not. I mean, <laughs> half my field of vision is gone. My depth perception is, is shot. Can't even drive. You don't hit on guys much, do you? No. 
Yeah. And that really gets Jake's motor running. Oh, good. Get it? Because of motorcycles. Yeah. Oh, true. His motor running. <laughs> anyway, Eddie tells not the whole story, but most of the story about how he can't shoot anymore because while he was shooting during training, he was injured and now he has no depth perception. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that naturally, like, I don't know. Jake is charmed by this somehow. Yeah. I like Jake as a character. He was really funny, <laughs> really funny. Cause he's just sort of insulted, subjugated yeah. people all the time. Uh, Elsewhere uh, in the bar, Joey gets approached by a, a real leather dude. Yeah. And aggressive. again, Chaz pretends to be Joey's friend to help him get out of this sticky mm-hmm. situation. Big boy, why don't you back off, huh? It's my little bitch. Can we share? Come on, think about it. And I think he he sees the, the Satan killer at this time as well. Does he? Joey, yeah. That's why he went over there because he saw the mask in the... Oh, that makes yeah. sense. And then he gets saved by those aggressive doms. And then saved again by Chaz, as you said. I don't know why I'm reiterating it. There's a loud punk band called Nickname playing. Oh, boy. And they end up dragging Joey on stage. So mm-hmm. Joey is sort of like the um, the clipboard girl yeah. of the of the group. He's yeah. like the, the younger, innocent, uh, cute guy. Yeah, or like... Um the the sort of nerdy one in like a group of like horror movie like young kids who are fighting an ancient evil yeah exactly <laughs> so he gets pulled on stage and uh the fa- the refrain of this song is put on a show they say it like a million times <laughs> uh so the show is they pick up joey drag him to a table and fake murder him with fake chainsaws fake dismember him yeah uh but he's underneath the the table the whole time yuck 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 yuck. and he's covered in this like red goo and glitter yeah fake blood i'd be pretty pissed about that (laughs) that's never going away jake wants to go to another bar Mm -hmm. no the game place the arcade yes so jake eddie and toby all go but joey spots his crush jared Mm -hmm. from across the way and he's he mentioned earlier that this was like his entire reason for going out tonight this is his one goal he wants to get jared's phone number so he spots him from across the bar so he's like oh i we can't leave Mm -hmm. so chaz is like oh i'll stay with him which he does again being a good friend and joey goes up to him to to jared and it's so unfortunate and awkward i really felt for the kid yeah he's so Jared is flanked by two of his friends who are not having a good night and they're being very condescending and they're also on some sort of platform or like weird balcony. I think it's a VIP section yeah. because we're supposed to believe that these are VIPs because uh, Jared is super attractive like mm-hmm. frat bro type. Mm-hmm. Okay, very true. Hey, I'm Joe. I met you at uh, the Labor Day party. What Labor Day party? I don't know, uh, they had the swans and uh, porn stars. Riches. Right. Sorry. A lot of parties to go. What was your name again? Joe. Hello, Joe. Hey, you guys having a good time tonight? No. Boring. Freaks and uglies. Same as last year. Uh, look, uh, let me give you my number. Pre-printed card. I love it. 
You can get, uh, you can give me a call sometime if you want. Thanks. Cool. Anyways, you guys have a great night, okay? So they're like a foot off the ground and looking down on him as he's like, oh, hey, how's your night going? I've met you before and like other stuff like that. Yeah. And then awkwardly gives him a pre-made number like on a piece of yeah, paper. And they really like rip the shit out of him for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of endearing. To it's be like honest. a calling card. Yeah. So he after this terrible interaction, he will, goes off defeated to go to the washroom to wash himself up and throw up and Chaz intercepts him in the line and is like yo what happened i know of another washroom yeah. that's more private where we can like talk this over which is basically the basement sex bathroom yeah so the two of them go down there but Chaz like kicks everyone out yeah there's two dudes in there they're having sex and also i think doing drugs at the same time yeah probably yeah, probably uh and uh joey is like you know i really appreciate you being here Chaz, but like i just want to be left alone right now yeah because he needs to wash up and he knows how to do that part himself oh so but he asks Chaz not to to leave Mm -hmm. which Chaz says he won't and he goes and waits outside and as soon as he's outside he takes an ecstasy so yeah and then gets distracted by some dude going deep into the labyrinth the sex labyrinth (laughs) Uh, in the bathroom, Joey hears a noise and he starts to investigate, yeah. being like, hello? Chaz, is Who's that there? you? And that's when Jared pops out oh, and surprises shit. him. He says that Chaz had told him that he was in the bathroom mm-hmm. and where to find him, which again, fantastic friend move. Yeah. You don't know the killer's also in there. Definitely. Uh, and uh, Jared's like, uh, you didn't give me a chance to give to let me give you my number. Ah, which he does. And then they kiss. In like a sensual way. But while they're smooching, we see that someone is watching them from inside the stall. Tomorrow? Oh yeah. Hey. Uh, This isn't my costume. Uh, I, I borrowed this. It's okay. Don't give it back just yet. Jared gives him his number and then leaves. And I honestly thought that this scene was really cute, it to was. be honest. It because was romantic. Joey was so excited after he left. He was like, yeah, I did it. It's actually happening. And then he was looking at the phone number being like, fuck, yes. And then that's when the devil jumps out of the stall, grabs him, drags him in, and starts decapitating yeah. him with his sickle. Not as smooth as uh, Georgie. No, definitely not. He gets his head, like, sawed off. Mm-hmm. First, he puts, like, the bag on the head, and then he saws him off, and yeah. he leaves the body there, which I thought was a very effective shot, honestly, when Me it shows too. the body. This movie had fantastic production design. It really did. The only, like, I, it's our common criticism, and this was endemic in the early 2000s. Everything's just too close. Yeah. But other than that, 
It was very good. Like the lighting is awesome in this movie. Looked realistic. Looked realistic. Not yeah. Not like sets or anything. And then we get so his body's there, and then oh, yeah. those two Camp very flamboyant characters yeah. come in and find the body. First, they think it's a prop, but then they're like, "Oh no, it's <laughs> yeah. a body." And they scream. It like twitches the leg. Yeah, twitches. right. The leg twitches like, ah! again. Very good. Yeah, you don't see that very often in horror movies. No, and I think it would probably. It's probably realistic. I think so for sure. So uh, Eddie and Jake are at the arcade and they are flirting while shooting, which I assume is a common American. Yeah. So (laughs) they're like walking through the arcade and Toby can kind of tell that he's not really having attention paid to him. So he's like, oh, I'll meet you guys at the bar. So he leaves them alone so they can have some alone time. Mm -hmm. And that's they start doing this shooting game. And uh, Jake hits a bunch, but... uh, And tries to coax Eddie into shooting as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though Eddie's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. But he does the whole, like, teaching someone to golf thing where he's behind him with arms intertwined. Helping him square it up. And he doesn't hit a single shot. (laughs) And this is something I noticed. The target is a devil. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Whereas Jake shot like a ghosty thing. Yeah, Yeah. true. Oh, could that come around later? I don't know. (laughs) They meet back up with a very drunk Toby Mm -hmm. who's doing feats of strength at the carnival. So drunk. Like commiserating with the drag queens. Mm -hmm. For once... And Eddie's worried about Joey. So he's like, okay, uh, I'm going to leave Toby here alone, wasted, to go look for my other friend who I'm concerned about. You know what I mean? Like, not a very nice thing to do to Toby. Um, they don't... Do they leave Toby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they leave Toby alone. And... They find Chaz before they do that, mm-hmm. who's making out with a girl and he's super high in ecstasy. And they're like, well, where's Joey? Yeah. And he says he's fine. His crush came and he they were in the bathroom together when he left. Yeah. So and he didn't want to ruin it. Ruin it. Yeah. Or be waiting outside the whole time. That would be weird too. And they split up again and Chaz walks away with this girl. And while they're doing... So he mm-hmm. gets approached by the devil and just like touches his chest and like licks it. Yeah. Uh oh. But I don't think the devil would have killed him because the girl. Like, I think that's why he didn't like pursue it further was oh, because the girl was there. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, while that's happening, Toby is getting like hit on by drag queens or uh, frat boys who assume that he's a girl. Get a set of legs like that, baby. Soccer. And then he uh, stumbles around until he comes across his billboard. Yeah, the previously mentioned billboard. There's another guy there, like, admiring it. Entranced. And the picture is, it's a pretty standard underwear picture, Mm -hmm. but he's got a huge wang. Yeah. And you can, like, see the outline of the huge wang. I didn't notice that. So... (laughs) Toby's like, I hear he's got a huge cock. I know he does. (laughs) 
and then, then he, yeah, he wants a picture with them. Yeah, because he mentioned this earlier in mm-hmm. the diner. I don't, I can't, I don't think we mentioned it. No, but you did. You he did. Uh, wanted this picture to send to his mom because he thought it would be hilarious. Oh yeah, him on the billboard with him in drag in front of it. Yeah, she would hate it. <laughs> is the insinuation and so the guy who's standing by takes his picture for yeah. him a bunch of pictures and chaz our rampant bisexual mm-hmm. is now in a strobe light bar that really should have came with like a seizure warning yeah and he's high as fuck and like feeling the music he's dancing there's a kaleidoscope effect which definitely happens i'm sure when you're on ecstasy everything just sort of blurs together yeah and he starts getting attacked by the devil on the dance floor as he's peeking and he gets stabbed twice like right underneath where his vest is yeah so you can't really see it and he doesn't even seem to notice it yeah he doesn't notice and then he sort of starts like feeling lightheaded and Mm -hmm. he like can see that his hands are covered in blood and he looks down and sees that he's got wounds. Oh shit. And then he sees the guy in the devil mask and he starts trying to get away. And he can see Toby at the bar. It's very Helen Shivers. Meters away. And then he gets decapitated by the devil. In front of everyone. But it's on the dance floor. Body falls down, blood starts spilling out everywhere. I think you mean he left the body to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Toby goes outside and he starts puking in a mm-hmm. garbage can and that's when he sees the devil leaving with Chaz's head. He doesn't notice that it's Chaz's head. Yeah. He's also got several other plastic bags which contain other heads. Yeah. And he wants to he starts hitting on the dude. Mm-hmm. Like the devil. So he starts following him, chasing him and asking him questions. Yeah, like really pathetically flirting. Hey. Wait. I know you, right? You've been following us ever since the party. So? Which one of us are you after, huh? Before you answer, let me just warn you. I'm the only one left. My other roommates seem to have dates for the night. Turns out my girly costume here isn't turning very many heads. Hey! I like your costume. You work out, right? I can tell. You play any sports? What gym do you go to? Well, you've got enough candy already? You couldn't use a little more? I don't always look like this, you know? You superficial faggot. It's Halloween, Jesus. God, here, look. My driver's license. It's not bad, huh? Toby Weatherton, 1126 Hollywood Lane. Hair brown. Eyes hazel. Sex. Male. Because now that he can't get laid, he's like, grr. He's like, ah, you're such a superficial fag. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then he shows the guy's driver's license. And that gets his interest. And starts de-dragging. And that's when the devil touches his face and then very quickly decapitates him. Yeah, Uh, right before, or right after he says... Never doing drag again. 
that makes sense though. Never doing drag again. Uh, so Eddie and Jake are on the way back to the meat locker to get Jake's motorcycle so that they can peel out into the sunset and also check on Joey. So uh, somehow the meat lockers turn into a crime scene, a real crime scene, <laughs> not just a fetish crime scene. And the detective gruffly is like, you can't go in there. You can't get your motorcycle. You can't do anything. Yeah. So he uh, goes to jump the fence mm-hmm. to get his bike back. And Eddie follows him over the fence. Yeah. Um, but then he gets stuck there because he doesn't see Jake right away. Yeah. And then Jake pulls his motorcycle up yeah. on the other side he of the fence. He pulls like a mystery move, like, ha-ha. <laughs> uh, and Eddie can't lift himself back over the other side of the fence because yeah. it's got smooth sides. And so they're, like, talking, trying mm-hmm. to figure this out because there's a gate down the way. And Jake is like, oh, is that your buddy? Mm-hmm. And then the devil comes out of nowhere and hits Eddie in the face. With the side. And a ah. chase scene ensues. So, uh... Eddie gets trapped in like a weird cage. Yeah, because thing? he he has no choice but to run back into yeah. like the parking garage area down the stairs. So he gets behind a gate or something that's that's down there, mm-hmm. and the devil starts like attacking, mm-hmm. and he's swinging the side through the thing. Finally connects with Eddie's face, only to meet his eye his glass eye and it like scrapes the surface of it but then jake arrives with the cops just in time and the devil takes off yeah at the police station uh eddie's asking his sister let's not turn this into a fag bashing okay like haha and then the sister's like oh uh don't worry about it everything's good and by the way you did a great job picking up jake yeah. Like, she gives him the thumbs up. But, like, and I was thinking at this time, like, wouldn't they have found all those other bodies? Too? Or, like, the one that's in, but because they don't have heads. Meat Locker's already a crime scene, right? Yeah. Because of the two bodies. Yes. But one body. Didn't, uh, 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 what the fuck is his name? Chaz die in there, too? No, that was a different body. Oh, okay. So, but they don't know that it's uh, him because it's they don't have heads. Yeah, that's like what I was thinking of, yeah. And they would have only found the one body. Like, they don't know about the other ones yet. Definitely. So his sister just sort of waves them out. Eddie goes to the bathroom mm-hmm. to, like, adjust his glass eye because it's obviously been a little fucked up. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jake comes in and his glass eye is, like, going in a totally different direction. Yeah. And Jake's like, what's uh, going on there? Oh, and he just fixes it quickly. <laughs> and he tells, like, the full story about his injury. I, I jammed my eye on a, a piece of pipe, and when I woke up in the hospital, my eye was gone. They had relieved me from my police training due to a medical disability. I'm going to get out of here. My friend's probably waiting, so... No offense, but I... Bet your friends won't have a good time tonight. Why don't you and I get out of here? You and me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they hop on uh, Jake's motorcycle, woohoo, and they get back to the shared apartment. Yeah, Eddie's Eddie's place. And Eddie's like, hello, mm. hello, hello. Like, is anyone, like, obviously no one's there, dude. 
Yeah, he finds, like, all of his roommates are still not home. Mm. And then he locks the door from the inside? Yeah, he locks the door from the inside with his keys. Yeah, I thought that was weird, but I, didn't I don't pick know. That up I don't know first. Los Angeles. I was also like, why would you leave your keys there in the door? Mm-hmm. Dumb idea. And Whatever. so they're like flirting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like Jake takes his jacket off while making direct eye contact with Eddie. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie sees that he's got blood on the back of his shirt yeah. from his tattoos i guess yeah. his awful tattoos which we're seeing for the oh first time oh my god there's they are two because he removes his shirt na- naturally they are two uh small angel wings underneath his shoulder blades and then the aforementioned spiral tramp tramp stamp really embarrassing yeah uh and well why'd you get these tattoos they're covering up a name of an asshole grr and he makes a move at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, Jake's sort of like, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah, like he's playing Yeah, like hard to get. Yeah. So he, he makes Eddie try smoking a cigarette, and then they do the thing where he like blows the smoke into Eddie's mouth, mm-hmm. and things start to get hot and heavy, Ooh. and then Eddie like takes a minute to sort of clean up. I don't know. I thought he would get caught up in the moment. And not just want to kick his shoes under his bed. They've really established him as a basket case at this point, That's though. true. That's true. Uh, while this is happening, Jake sees a driver's license with a spot of blood on it on the floor. And he's like, oh, how'd this get here? But he doesn't follow up with it. Also, I think a huge part of that would be the fact that he doesn't know what Toby looks like out of drag, right? That's true. Because he just met him that night. Yeah. And then Eddie walks in with his shirt all open. Whoa. Amazing. Uh, and uh, Jake's They start like, getting Grr. busy in bed. Mm-hmm. Including uh, Eddie getting handcuffed to the headboard. Oh, I don't even know you. Then how do I know I can trust you? You can't. Fuck it, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I got a box of condoms in the bathroom. I mean, I'm not saying. Maybe we should get two or three. You wanna fuck me? Maybe I will. Okay. And then he, like, sexually gets back and Mm -hmm. goes to go get the condoms. And uh, while he's in there, he delivers a, a good, safe sex line. Suck. But they keep you sick. Yeah, as he reminds himself. <laughs> yeah, and while he's alone in there, we see that he's also pretty dweeby too. He yeah. does like kung fu moves in the mirror. He's psyching himself up. And then he hears a noise behind him and he goes into the bedroom mm-hmm. that I assume is Toby's because it's filled with sports shit. Oh, true. And he goes in there to investigate no one's there he sees that there's a window open mm-hmm. that's like sort of banging in the wind and he just chalks the noise up to that and he turns around mm-hmm. and then the devil impales him with the side and picks him up for like a minute with it and then he does this really cool Oof. thing where he wipes the blood off just with his like bare hands oh really and then starts walking menacingly to the handcuffed eddie yeah and eddie's struggling with the handcuffs he's trying to get away and just as the devil's about to slash him 
Jake comes in and hits him with a, a bat, I think. I, it was he, yeah. It I must it was have a been bat. a bat. Either that or just a giant chunk of wood. Which breaks, and then he and the devil fall mm-hmm. to the ground. Eddie runs out of the room, and I was like, what are you doing? Because he doesn't take the weapon or anything from the No, he, he checks on Jake and everything first, yeah, and then he's, pressure he's like, oh, I have to go call an ambulance. So he has to find classic late 90s, early 2000s problem. Where the fuck is the cordless phone? I really liked this. I thought it was funny where he hits like the, the locate thing, which yeah. is a real blast from the past. Then he has to go find the phone beeping in the in the living room it's like or something under a pile of yeah. blankets. <laughs> it's like such a thing that I forgot that I knew happened all the time, all the time. Very funny. So he calls nine one one, and just as he's telling them we need an ambulance, the line cuts out. Oh shit! Someone's fucked with the phone. Well, obviously the devil. Yeah, because yeah. we see the like silhouette of the devil get mm-hmm. up as Jake watches. I don't know why he didn't just full out kill Jake right away i think he's like oh i can hear him calling the police maybe maybe i, I guess, don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the only reason that. that i can think of or but that i agree Jake with you wasn't part of the people who were taunting him like he wasn't yeah. part of the original group that maybe he, was he saw that he was dead or something who knows uh eddie goes to the kitchen and cannot find a knife that can actually kill someone he can only find <laughs> butter knives <laughs> that's another thing yeah. i liked it's really good. Like a handful of butter knives. So he gets, I think he gets a cheese knife, like one of the fully yeah. rounded ones. Yeah. And he's like holding it out and slowly backing up into the pantry. And mm-hmm. then he goes to turn the light on. And then all of the heads of his roommates fall out. Into his lap. And he uh, he doesn't like that very much. He does not. Yeah. He freaks out a little bit. And he doesn't have very much time to freak out though because... The devil runs out of there, too, and chases him down the hall. Yeah, he wants to get the full set. And Eddie gets back into the bedroom, and he's very lucky to just get the door closed. I don't know how he did it, it. because the devil guy's huge. And then he, like, does the back slide down the door thing, (laughs) and then the sickle comes through. Ah, I mean, Ah. I guess it's just a shitty interior door, so what are you going to do? Yeah. and the devil makes a huge series of slashes in it as Eddie's frantically trying to get Jake out of the window and down the fire escape. Yeah, so he gets him out of the window, and Mm -hmm. then he goes back in to get his gun. Oh, yeah, from the Rubbermaid Dad. And he has to, like, really rip it out of all of this packaging and shit that he's got it in. And bullets everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. Oh, it's the worst watching him fumble with this thing. I felt really bad for him, but I was also infuriated. So he gets out into the stairs himself mm-hmm. just as the devil breaks through the door and comes out after him. Ah. So they wrestle for the gun, firing a shot in the air, mm-hmm. and then Eddie drops it. And the devil plucks out Eddie's glass eye. Yeah. Which is pretty gnarly. Yeah. Really and then crazy thing to Humiliating, do. actually. Yeah. Interesting. Because it's like, I'm taking this yeah. from you. It's already been taken from you. I'm going to take it again. And then Eddie falls over the edge, but his uh, handcuffs get caught in like the, the railing. Yeah. So he's like hanging there and the gun drops. And then he gets the gun. Yeah, he's reaching for the gun as the devil's menacing Jake. Yes. And he like makes jake his human shield and he's holding him there a while and he's hanging by one hand without 
his glass eye, uh-huh. which I don't. That would fuck you up though, because yeah. you usually probably have it in. Trying to aim, and he shoots Jake. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. And it, but in doing this, Jake realizes like, just aim for me. Like so, he starts oh, telling yeah. Eddie, "Shoot me, shoot me, yeah. shoot me." I forgot. So then, oh, when that's so funny, he re-aims. He shoots the devil right between the the eyes. Yeah, and uh, saves Jake. Saves the day. But uh, as he disengages himself from the fire escape, runs back up to make sure Jake's okay. Jake slaps him in the face, and it's like, you shot me. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is great. And then they smooch. Yeah, their first kiss because they didn't kiss while they were. <laughs> before the ambulances come and they start to take jake away who's now being heavily drugged yeah my favorite part before that after all of this fighting and shooting and bumping around his downstairs neighbor like 15 minutes later comes out all in a huff what's all this noise yeah it's like a law and order cold open yeah it's really cheesy (laughs) yeah so jake is on drugs now getting into the ambulance uh, Eddie's got an eye patch on to cover his fa- eye hole. Yeah, which is probably because the actor actually has another eye. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jake's like, You look like a pirate. Oh, fucking hilarious. One of the last <laughs> lines in this movie. It's so funny. It's so good. Then they start bringing the devil down mm-hmm. and they're talking amongst each other like, Oh, did you take the mask off? No, he's a mess in there. You don't want to see that. Wait, he's still alive? Relax. This guy's about as dangerous as a carrot. But then he opens his eye to look at Eddie, and then he opens his mouth to reveal that he's got Eddie's glass eye in his mouth. And then the movie ends. Scene. I feel like there's a couple things to unpack about the movie. Yeah, a couple Um, things. I, I do like it. I liked it much more this time than when I've watched it previous times. It's a very standard by the numbers Mm -hmm. slasher movie, but it has like really good production design for having like a micro budget. Yeah. Like the lighting is awesome. It's very like Argento. Mm -hmm. It's great. I don't know. I really like it. And the effects. Yeah. The visual effects were awesome. And the crowd scenes felt realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the crowd scenes were shot realistically yeah like in crowds oh definitely but i mean um, like it felt like an actual nightclub yeah i get what you're saying mm-hmm. i liked like uh the the dialogue sometimes i Some, felt was, yeah, was very good um other times it was kind of hokey but i a lot of that too i think you can chalk up to the fact that it was 2004 yeah um yeah I've read a lot of criticism about this movie, about it being, like, a queer movie without being queer. Oh, yeah. And I remember you telling me My this. biggest complaint is that all of the actors in it are heterosexual. Which is nuts. Especially because it was, like, in WeHo, right? Like, there's... You had to have been able you to can, find an actor in WeHo. You can't find anyone in Hollywood. But maybe it's like one of those situations where, again, it was 2004. Mm. This was still not a time where you could be an out actor and That's still true. get work. That's very true. Not saying any of these people are are actually gay because I think they're all married with children. Mm-hmm. But like 
uh, maybe it was hard to find actual gay actors who were like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I want to do it. I want to be on screen. I want to be on record. in WeHo, I think you had to have been able. And I have no problem with straight actors playing gay roles. I mean, this movie came out the same year as Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. But yeah. it it's not that it was straight people playing gay roles. It was that, like, all of the roles were played by straight people when they easily could have at least had, like, two gay actors play some of yeah. them. Yeah. It just felt weird. Almost like it's fetishizing, like, heterosexuality. Or, like, And it's... that they were like, hee-hee, we'll make these boys kiss. Yeah, we're putting on drag we're putting on gay drag for yes this. yeah i don't think the actors did a particularly bad job no definitely i not. thought the acting was honestly pretty good i i really liked the character of chaz Me i thought he too. was probably the character that had the most depth in okay. the entire movie i also wrote down uh yeah. well i guess actually joey had a lot of you know what the character depth was actually pretty good because even as i'm like being like well this person but because Toby was also a pretty fleshed I out character. I thought Toby was super fleshed out. Because you get his observations on things, how he's feeling about stuff, his motivations. Yeah, Jake was pretty fleshed mm-hmm. out. Other than just being like the cool guy, they gave him some layers. Yeah. Eddie, for the most part, I mean, he was your pretty archetypal final girl. Yeah. but loosely sketched, but still yeah. solid. Like, the cop costume, I think, was, was good in mm-hmm. terms of it being, like, a Halloween movie and that being part of the, the character. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. The killer was a huge cipher. How so? Well, like, we never find out who they are, what their motivations no. are. It's sort of like Michael Myers. That's true. The actor who played the devil was Luke Weaver, and he was an Abercrombie model at mm. the time. So it's like an Abercrombie model killing all these gays. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. What else is there to talk about? Those the fucking tattoos, man. The tattoos were very bad, but again, very time. period. Because at that time, tattoos Ugh, were awful. So... People were still getting like those barbed wire tattoos, I think, probably in 2004. I just can't imagine ever looking at that and being like, yeah <laughs> but that's me so this movie like I, so I, I think the reason i have at least a little bit of an issue with the fact that it was all heterosexual actors was that it was really marketed as like the first gay slasher film which it yeah it's the first one i can think of but i don't know it just feels it, like it was very Okay, so if I'm comparing it to other, like, gay horror that I can think of, other than Nightmare on Elm Street 2, really all that's coming to mind is, like, those exploitational de Cotteau films. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's, like, just straight guys in tidy whities running around yeah. mansions. Oh, uh, we forgot our bathing suits. Yeah, like, stuff like that. And it wasn't anywhere near that bad. Like, this was, mm-hmm. it was a movie. It was a slasher movie. And that's what it was. That's what it is. It like could have it, gotten wide release. And it, there's almost something in how banal it was. You know? Yeah, that's very true. Like, I feel like that's something definitely I can give some credit to. And that it was, it's a gay slasher movie. That's exactly what it is. But I don't know. So I'll do my six degrees of Jamie Lee yeah, really quick I'm here. I'm excited. 
So we've got Andrew Levitas, who played Chaz. He was in In-N-Out in 1997 with Joan Cusack, who was in Grandview, USA in 1984 with Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice. Yeah. Good job, Joan. <laughs> and then I'll, I have a little bit to talk about the production. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, thankfully, Paul Etheridge gives a lot of interviews. Lots of them had the same answers because it was a lot of the same questions, so I was able to find out at least a little bit about this movie, which is pretty awesome mm-hmm. because there's some times where I really have to like dig oh, for it. yeah. So it was initially the idea of the producers. I'm not sure which ones exactly because it isn't really explicitly stated in any of the interviews or whatever. Um, But one of the producers had read a few pages of an unfinished romantic comedy that Paul Etheridge had written. And from that, they brought him on to help create their movie. They gave him three things that had to be included. It had to be gay. It had to feature the WeHo Halloween Carnival. And the killer had to wear a mask. So he was turned loose to craft the story. And yeah. So Paul Etheridge says that he is a horror fan. And his favorite horror director is Cronenberg. But instead of slashers, he's more into like psychological horror, thrillers, body horror, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. He didn't really like slasher movies because of the gore. Hmm. Okay. And he, like, he says he's squeamish about sadism. Uh, so his challenge with writing the movie was to write a slasher movie that he found palatable to him. He didn't really care for slashers. So when he got the job, he did some catch up to get inspiration. So he watched, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, Halloween. Interesting. The production started initially in 2001 when they shot the footage of the WeHo carnival to use in the project. Mm -hmm. But at the point that they shot that, like the script hadn't even been written. So Etheridge sent three camera crews with the directions to just shoot anything cool looking. Nice. So they shot six hours of footage and only two minutes are in the actual movie. I guess I can believe that like a lot. And there's a lot of like, things cut up that you only see for a second yeah so it wasn't even until the next year that the film started really falling into place and they were able to shoot the the cast at the carnival Mm -hmm. they also used some sets to serve the story better like the meat locker the leather bar is actually a church that they dressed up for the film (laughs) and because they were shooting at night right like they i guess there was one day where they had to like stay up all night cleaning up because it was a saturday and they needed to have it ready for a church on the sunday morning sucks (laughs) that's funny though definitely yeah unfortunate thing about it we sort of touched upon this is that it seems like the whole gay slasher thing was definitely more of a marketing strategy than anything. Mm -hmm. Like they had a very small advertising budget. So it seems like they really leaned on the fact that it was a gay slasher, really marketing it towards that target audience, Mm -hmm. hoping that if gay and horror audiences reacted well to it, that it would be more successful all around. Uh, Another marketing ploy that they utilized for this movie was that they had a name the film contest. In an interview with Etheridge that I read, 
he said that most of them were too campy or too topical. And he gave some examples, which were like Queer Eye for the Dead Guy, Boy Meets Knife, and 28 Gays Later. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess Hellbent was actually one of the final eight submissions that they received. And as soon as he saw it, he knew that was like the right title. It seems like a good title for this. Yeah. The casting of the movie sounds like it was kind of a bummer. Etheridge didn't want actors who played gay. He wanted the sexuality of the characters to feel incidental, which I guess is why he cast all straight dudes. Well, let me tell you, it does not feel yeah, that way. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like, it's something to, to be like, oh, I want this to be incidental. And mm-hmm. lots of the time it, it felt that way. But there were also huge parts where they were talking about, like, sex and stuff where it just felt really tacked on like being like haha sex 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 we're we're gay we're gay we're gay all we do is have sex (laughs) uh anyway all of the characters were also written without ethnicities attached oh nice with the exception of eddie who is written as a latino but they had a hard time getting people of color to audition. Oh, that sucks. So I guess 2004. Yeah. So they had to like rewrite him based on like actors that were capable who they could cast. And the shooting schedule was really tight. So casting only finished two days before principal filming began. So there wasn't any time for rehearsals and they only really had time to do the costume fittings. And everything was apparently really good after that, though. Like, the cast allegedly got on great. And it was referred to as being, like, a family thing. Because when you're working on a micro-budget movie like this, Mm -hmm. you're going to be spending time together all the time. Yeah, because you have to make it really quickly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In terms of the best and worst things about the shoot, Paul Etheridge said that the best thing was that it offered him the chance to create a film with confident, likable queer characters that have moved beyond worrying about whether it's okay to be gay or not. Mm. And instead they have real life concerns of their generation. Like who's that hot guy? Why do I always have to be the sober one? And will I never get out of these heels? What? I know. I, I understand what he's saying, but he's not saying it properly. He, he threw the dart at the dartboard and it hit the drywall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he says he made a movie that he wanted to see. And in terms of the worst things, he really only had one complaint. And that was that the limited resources and budget really were sometimes like a burden. Definitely. And that's Hellbent. Hellbent. I mean, you don't get very (laughs) many Halloween themed slashers to begin with. And the fact that this is... I won't say it's gay. I will refer to it as gay-themed. Yes. That's really good. Gay-themed horror movie. Um, so I guess that's that's good. And it serves its purpose as a slasher movie. Like, it's a slasher movie at its core. That's what it is. It doesn't try and be anything else. No. So, yeah, I liked it. Carves its own little niche. <laughs> I liked it, too. I liked it more than I remembered liking it the first time that we watched it a bunch of years ago. Yeah. Definitely. So next week, I believe we are talking about Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons. We are. That's a good one. 
<laughs> another Linnea Quigley Halloween mm-hmm. fest. So, yep, that'll be next week. And I'm then it'll be one it. week until the new Halloween movie. Wow. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate Thank it. You. If you feel so inclined, you can follow us on social media mm-hmm. at Definitely First Blood on Instagram, at Def First Blood on Twitter, mm-hmm. or you can send us an email mm-hmm. at Definitely First Blood at gmail.com. We would tell you to review it, but you would if you wanted to. Yeah. And if not, that's cool too. So we just appreciate you listening to us. And yeah, so thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoy. And good night. Good night. Or morning. Goodbye. Good afternoon. How's brunch?